0: Hello and welcome to the very first episode of Diving Into Why, a Joe Brennan podcast. I am Joe Brennan from the Joe Brennan YouTube channel and I am joined today by my good friend and co-host Tom. Say hello Tom.
1: Hey that's me, what's up? Not much, what about you? (laughs) You should have said the ceiling, I think that would have hit more with the audience.
0: Yeah that would have got people on our side a lot earlier. Yeah. Exactly. So we're going to try and fumble through a few different topics today. I guess you're kind of growing with us as an audience while we figure out how to do a podcast. We're going to be talking about Doctor Who. We're going to be talking about Marvel. We're going to be talking about Star Wars and some other things. I understand that some people follow me just for one of those topics. There will be time codes in the description so that you can skip me talking about Doctor Who if you don't care. We're actually going to be talking about Doctor Who first. So if that's all you're interested in, you can just go after that. I won't be too upset.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't blame them.
0: I mean, I wouldn't blame them if they turned off after the intro.
1: Oh, actually, yeah. After that, yeah, that wouldn't be surprising to me.
0: But it's been nice to have you here for the first minute. Mm. It is going to go downhill from here. We've got a lot to get through because we're going to be talking about Star Wars Visions and there's like nine of them. (laughs) So I guess it's worth jumping straight in. Diving diving into into it, yes. Mm. I don't think there's a way I can weave diving into why into the intro
1: <laughs> no because you could say it at the beginning of like every topic <laughs> you, know, you should just shoehorn it in that would be funnier
0: let's talk about doctor who
1: yes let's do that
0: series 13 is on the horizon we think vaguely mm, well are you excited
1: yeah i am pretty excited jodie has been pretty cool she's had uh, some really good episodes she also had some really terrible ones i don't think that's a hot take but no uh, yeah she's cool i think They could do something really cool because Yaz—it's just Yaz, isn't it? And it's not. Oh no, because it's John (laughs) Bishop as well, isn't it? Damn it! Yeah, they had it. They they had it really good because it was just going to be Yaz and the Doctor, which was going to be really cool because they have really good chemistry. But they're also throwing in John Bishop into it, which changes everything. Because it goes back to the group format that they had before that wasn't quite working. And I believe you made a little bit of a video about that.
0: A little bit of a video, yeah, that's what I would call it. Do you know the format of Series 13? Do you know how it differs? Uh, mm, How much have you been following that?
1: I know literally nothing. (laughs) It is...
0: Six episodes, which is very few for a Doctor Who series. Oh, okay. And according to Chris Jemnall, it is one big interconnected story. Oh, that's right. I'm very interested to see how it ends up. I hope it's not been mandated by the BBC as like a competitor to streaming binge-worthy TV.
1: It's kind of weird that they have that they've only just decided to do it as a whole arc and they've also thrown in a new character that they have to introduce because usually they have those kinds of arcs where the characters get used to the doctor used to their new friends and all that
0: i mean i think it was a covid necessity i think they had to do fewer episodes because yeah that's true that's that's how things are at the moment and i hope they can make the most of it with that Mm. my concern is that it's like coming from more than just chris chibnall with an idea um not that chris chibnall's ideas have proven to be great (laughs) Hello, it's Joe from the future. I don't have Tom with me anymore. Uh, I'm just having to re-record a new insert because a few hours after we recorded the podcast, everything we'd said about Series 13 became dated. Most of our discussion was based on the fact we didn't really know a huge amount and that there was no release date and that the Doctor Who social media accounts were undergoing this weird marketing stunt where they all go down. Now they've come back up with a rebrand. Series 13 is called Doctor Who Flux and there's a new trailer announcing it with Joe and the gang in the TARDIS and she says that the Flux is coming and it's bringing the Sontarans, the Ravagers and the Weeping Angels so that's all pretty exciting. It's a lot easier now for me to build an actual anticipation for the series now that we know when it's coming on the 31st of October. There's not a huge amount for me to say anymore. We'll just have to wait for it to come out and we'll talk about it in the next episode. I think the fact the series has a name is quite funny. It's very Trial of a Time Lord and I'm not sure that's something that the BBC want to replicate. Definitely something that Chris Chibnall probably doesn't want to replicate. So let's skip ahead past the out-of-date stuff and get to me and Tom talking about Russell T. Davies coming back. I think there was a lot of fun in Moffat's Who and Russell T. Davies' Who and I struggle to find the fun with Chris Chibnall's Who. And I think uh, what I'm hoping for is that that fun and that accessibility is brought back and Mm. that Doctor Who is then elevated as a show back to probably not how it was in like 2008 because the show was absolutely huge then and Mm. the world has changed a lot since then and the way we watch tv and consume media has changed a lot so it won't be be rising to the top of every kind of toy shop and and streaming service but at the same time I I do think this will be a boost for the show which is the reason that I'm happy the reason that I'm a bit mixed on this is that it is a bit of a step backwards uh, in a show Mm. that's always been about moving forwards they're now being like oh this thing that we're doing isn't working and I agree that it's not working but this thing that we're doing isn't working let's go back yeah. to something that did rather than let's push forward to something that yeah, does that's true I do think Russell T Davies was never the best writer of his series
1: oh interestingly yeah uh, funnily Moffat commonly accepted to be the best uh, new era of Who story, which is Blink, which was Stephen Moffat.
0: I would say the best story in the first series is the empty child, the uh, are You My Mummy? Oh, yeah, Gas that's child. right. That's a Moffat that, story. That was fantastic. Girl yeah. in the Fireplace, Moffat story. <laughs> and
1: everyone was really excited for him to take over the entire show and then everyone after a few seasons sort of <laughs> dipped out.
0: That's true. Uh, I mean, I love Moffat Who and I think he's great but he, I think he's great for Doctor Who fans rather than great for the casual audience. Oh yeah. Russell T Davies episodes are fun but they are rarely the best. I think he's only got about two or three great stories. Um his best is probably Midnight. Midnight's Fantastic. Or Turn Left. Mm. Uh, that is where he's really at his best. But I think what he was best at as a showrunner was getting the people that could tell good stories and also kind of overseeing this tonal consistency and this kind of shared fun across the era and across the characters. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's what people remember him for more than his scripts yeah. is the the new Doctor Who that he established. I'm glad that we have someone running the show who will bring this level of relatability back and this fun. Yeah. And probably he's going to get in some really great people to write the scripts. However, I do worry that it will just kind of try and recreate through him or through the BBC forcing him, uh, just try and redo everything that we did before. So we'll get a very tenth doctory doctor. Yeah. And.
1: Well, yeah, because it's like when, um, whenever David Tennant gets a haircut. And everyone's like, oh, he's going back to be Doctor Who. And he's not. <laughs> but uh, He might be. He might He might be this time. I, I'm
0: mixed because I don't love the precedent that it sets. I worry that it will try too hard to recreate an era of television that like, yeah. can't exist anymore. Uh, but at the same yeah. time, I am very excited for it.
1: <laughs> yeah, because I know a lot of people who haven't watched the... At least they definitely haven't seen the second series of Jodie's Doctor um so they stopped watching like halfway through the first and they've been saying that they are extremely excited because Bustle Davis is coming back and it's going to bring back all of what they loved about the show yeah. and whether what and it's, it's kind of a hard balance to realize like did is what I liked about the show because it was really good and I and it really uh, struck a chord with me or is it because I was a child <laughs> and I feel really good about it when I think about it those times um, I
0: wasn't a child when I watched it, and I still mm. think those series are really good. So yeah. I guess you got to give him credit. And I also, I have faith in the man to uh, bring something new to his new era. Like, I think yeah. he wouldn't have accepted the job if it was just a case of uh, go back He's to doing how you wrote. recycling old yeah. ideas
1: and doing the same stuff. Because, I mean, as a writer, you don't want to be doing the same, touching on the same story beats again because you've already done it yeah and it's it's not an interesting way to tell a story if you're just redoing it over and over again he's starting
0: with the 60th which is oh uh, that's right. strange and it yeah. has put the show in a very strange position because like we said jodie whittaker will be leaving in 2022 in a special yeah and then I mean, the way they announced it, and this was something I was trying to find out b- beforehand, and they've deleted the social media that actually <laughs> yep. did announce it. But <laughs> I think they said he's coming back for the 60th and series beyond, which yes. implies that the 60th comes first, um, yes. which is interesting. <laughs> because
1: well, Does that mean Jodie is um, regenerating before the 60th? She
0: is set to regenerate in 2022. Right. And the 60th will be November 2023. Oh, okay. And if the 60th is the first thing Russell T. Davies does, he may introduce a doctor (laughs) in the anniversary special. Mm. And in that case, will it be a multi-doctor special? Well, yeah. I can't imagine that it won't be. Yeah. There has been a multi-doctor special every 10 years since
1: 1973. Well, yeah, exactly. They've set a bit of a precedent for it.
0: I I don't think he would miss the opportunity to do that um yeah but at the same time it's a really weird thing because then does jody come back i cannot imagine that working mm. you know someone's first doctor being a multi-doctor story
1: yeah that it's that's it's really strange because it then doesn't become about you know, that episode that every doctor has where it's they're getting to grips with who they are um and it just becomes about oh and here's this guy that you love from 50 years ago it would be interesting for a kind of midpoint regeneration.
0: I'm not sure it would be the, the fun, like, anniversary special adventure that everyone would expect. But you could bring back all the doctors for, like, a dream sequence. Oh, right. Okay. As this doctor is coming to terms with who they are. Yeah. Maybe mid-regeneration or it goes wrong or something. Yeah. That would be fun. That would be but cool. But I... I I think it would be very strange for the Doctor to regenerate and then the previous Doctor to come back one episode yeah. later. Not even like in a Matt Smith phone call way, but like just back. Yeah. And they're in a really weird position, I think. You have to hope that he's going to cast someone that he's really he really believes in in the role. Yeah. But I'm not sure any strong characterization can stand up against bringing David Tennant and Matt Smith and, you know, I guess Peter Capaldi will come back as well. To me, it would make sense for them to kind of get started on Series 14 uh, as soon as possible. Do a series in early 2023 and then have the finale, uh, well, not the finale, but the special after the yeah. first series so this doctor gets established enough yeah. after one series because you can you can probably do a special after one series like um yeah you're at least somewhat established then um although you may then get distracted you can't really invest yourself in this new doctor because david tennant's coming back later on in the year yeah <laughs> i think the issue is everyone will watch when david tennant comes back for a special oh 100 percent but Absolutely. that's not necessarily good for the show in the long term.
1: No, because everyone will come back and see, oh, it's David Tennant. It's David Tennant. Let's watch this, and then he leaves, and then they watch the maybe they'll watch the first episode of the next series, and he's not there, and then they'll go, oh well, never mind then.
0: Yeah, it was nice to have that brief trip down memory lane. Yeah, exactly. I guess that's really all I have to say about Russell T. Davis. I've I've been thinking on it for ages because it's it's put the show in a very weird position. Yeah, It may be a short-term solution to a long-term problem yeah. as far as the show moving forward yeah. to then... I guess I reckon what they want is for him to boost the show, bring it back to a respected status in in the world, and then, I guess, move on, leave it in better hands, and yeah. he will have done his job after a few series. It would be nice for Russell T. Davies to set up someone to kind of... You know, run them through the the show yeah. running process as he's doing it, and then leave it in their hands. Not so that everyone forever is, you know, emulating the RTD era, yeah. but just just so someone's not thrown in at the deep end and ruin everything. Like some people would say, Chris Chibnall has done. <laughs> um, I think that's all I have to say about Doctor Who.
1: <laughs> I think, yeah, I think that about wraps it up.
0: Should we talk about Marvel? Marvel's what if?
1: Marvel. We can talk about the Marvel.
0: I was very excited for Marvel's What If? Because, you know, I love that kind of hypothetical story. I love... Oh, yeah. Um... You know, I love the trickster in Doctor Who. I he love the cool. Star Wars Infinities comics.
1: Is the um, Star Wars Infinities comics the one where Yoda forces the Death Star onto a planet and blows it up? He doesn't force it. He is in the Death Star driving it oh, into the planet. That's way better. That's a <laughs> yeah,
0: hundred times better. He mind tricks uh, Tarkin and takes control and just gets <laughs> everyone to uh, like full power into course. Oh, I was going to say, um, how does
1: he reach the pedals? But yeah,
0: I guess they... <laughs> Um. So yeah, I was really hyped for What If? and. On the whole, I quite like it. Um, I think I'm quite—I've become quite the Marvel fan over the last few years. Yeah. And well, yeah, you didn't I'm, start
1: off being a huge MCU nerd, did you?
0: No, I mean, I, I jumped on that train quite late, like yeah. 2016, um, and that was kind of when I was catching up and maybe started going to the cinema to watch them. Yeah. But I guess it's really only been the last. Two years that I'm just like, "Oh, I'm actually a marvel fan yeah the two point.
1: the two most important years, I think to be a marvel I, fan
0: it, one in which nothing happened. Um, <laughs> and now, going forward, everything is happening. There's like a yeah. hundred things every week. uh It's unrelenting, <clears throat> and I'm glad I hopped on the train late because some people are reporting on that superhero fatigue setting in and uh, I'm still ready for anything because I've only been here for like five years yeah um so what if how do you feel about it
1: I think it's pretty good Uh, a few of the episodes are a little bit uh more lacking I think because they start off with they have a concise story where, like, the first episode is Captain Carter, so it starts off as it's Peggy who gets the super soldier serum instead of Steve, and it just basically continues for the first Avenger until the movie ends.
0: I thought that was awful. You thought I that, thought was, that was I thought that was the worst possible way to right, start okay. off a, a Wasp so... series, by essentially giving us... Something we'd already seen before. Yeah. Smushed into half an hour instead of two hours. Yeah. And just with one character different. And like yeah. nothing really changed. Yeah. Like, Peggy didn't really come up against like I know she came up against a bit of sexism, but it was nothing yeah. that wasn't just a swapped out version of what Steve came up against. Yeah. That's uh, true. like they, She had to go behind their backs, not because she was a woman, but because Steve did as well. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's true. They they said it was because she's a woman, but we know that Steve had the exact it same experience. It would have been the same I and way. I think that's like the least interesting thing you can do with a what-if yeah. story, and it was the worst way to ease us into yeah. what-if. And I know that maybe for some people it was quite a, an understandable and easy-to-swallow yeah. thing. It's quite an um, easy
1: w- a way to ease you into what the rest of the show is going to do. Yeah. Uh, I also think it, it sells it short.
0: Like, yeah, I, I if fair. I hadn't been a, a bigger fan and I hadn't known what was coming next, I probably, I, I easily could have given up after the first one because yeah. it also, it, it felt really rushed because it was condensing a story that I'd already <laughs> yeah, seen in yeah. two hours. In, in 30 minutes and i thought to myself if these stories are 30 minutes they are all just gonna feel rushed yeah and then the next week they did a completely original story yeah. in 30 minutes that felt like a movie it was it, it did <laughs> fantastic yeah, it was great. t'challa as star lord was just brilliant and it was it was weird and it was probably the best episode of the series oh, okay and i'm surprised i'm surprised that they didn't Use that more in the marketing. Yeah, even as like a kind of cynical thing, as because it it, it made a big splash as mm. you know Chadwick Boseman's last major appearance as T'Challa. Yeah, um, and I think it's weird that Captain Carter was the face of What If, uh, even yeah. though they had what I think is a much better episode with a a much more interesting premise um, going forward. Yeah. And you know, you had Thanos. You had.
1: It's also um, quite interesting because Peggy Carter is pretty much the exact same character that we know from the movies. and But she's just got the suit and the shield now and she has superpowers. Uh, but Chachala is a completely different character than he is in the movies because, of course, he was abducted by Yondu when he was younger. And he's been going around as Star-Lord for the past, what, 20 years? And this... Black Panther was able to. Black Panther, this T'Challa was able to make Thanos a goodie. And <laughs> I love that. People got so, so angry good. about that. People were mad. I it's, loved it.
0: It's brilliant because it's just like. It's fine. Like, this doesn't change anything. The Infinity yeah. Saga still exists in its entirety. Yeah. You can't watch that and be grumpy like, well, um, if they'd just done a good conversation to him, he would have changed. Also, yeah. it's a parallel universe. like something It's could a have, different Thanos. Something could have happened to that Thanos that made him more susceptible to, to change. Um, yeah, more,
1: made him more reasonable.
0: So, I mean, I don't want to do a kind of episode-by-episode episode breakdown of what if, but I think no. those first two are very, very different.
1: Mainly what I wanted to say before was that what I like about the Captain Carter one and the T'Challa one and uh, it's most of the other ones basically is that it's a well, uh, at the beginning of the series anyway, it's a uh, it's its own concise story with a beginning, a middle and an end so the stories actually end but when you get to like the zombie episode uh, and after that the stories don't really end, they just end on a cliffhanger and it leaves you to fill in The gaps and then they sort of pick up later on a little bit um, in the finale but I quite liked how they were their own full stories that the Watcher was taking us through
0: I agree that I mean I partially like some open endedness like um, there are some Cliffhangers that I think are quite exciting. But when you kind of flash us this really cool concept, and sometimes things started to really get interesting Mm. when the credits rolled. Yeah. (laughs) Like, um, it's almost like so the Killmonger episode, where it's kind of building towards him being in power in Wakanda. Yeah. And then when he gets there, that's it. It's the end of the episode. Mm. And um, you kind of wonder what was the point, I guess, because you show his process and his process is entertaining and intriguing. But then once he's there, like we don't see it yeah. and and now that guy's dead like a uh, mm. spoiler alert but like they um yeah. he, he's in the oh well, he's not dead but he's not like an orb thing how do you feel about the whole thing crossing over
1: uh what is the um when the watcher breaks uh, his... guardians of the multiverse yeah. thing. i i think it's uh i think it's kind of cool i think it's a little bit strange that like I get why they picked the characters that they did because those are the char- them like the main characters that we saw through the episodes. But why would why would you pick Killmonger that Killmonger because well,
0: he because he's going to betray them. He he, he saw well, exactly that, that.
1: He doesn't he doesn't even do anything, does he? In the fight against Ultron? To be honest, he literally
0: just betrays them at the end. I thought the the whole fight was a little bit naff. I think. Mm. Um,
1: the Watcher versus Ultron felt very Dragon Ball Z where it's just punching each other they go flying, they chase and it's the same kind of thing over and over again until the Watcher decides oh, okay, I'm not going to do this anymore because it's just the same thing over and over again
0: and when it came to the actual finale um, battle mm. I, I guess I was I, I'm not sure I was expecting more but I, I think I was more interested when they were talking Yeah. Uh, however, when they were talking I did get the sense that like most of these characters are only interesting in their like altered universes mm. like even like t'challa i think as t'challa starlord i think he's better when he's with the ravagers he's with oh, his own gang and he's in space yeah. you take him out of there he's
1: just kind of like he's just t'challa when you when he's interacting with the other avengers yeah. basically
0: um i thought that was a bit of a shame to kind of strip these parallel characters of what actually makes them intriguing yeah um and, you know, I'm not angry that it wasn't an anthology. I think there were some people that were expecting kind of nine completely standalone stories. And mm. I, I don't mind them all folding in for a big crossover. However, I, th- I think I would have liked a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, I think the action of the show, the animated action, was really good. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe I just don't care that much about when they're punching, which yeah. I know I should probably find a different series instead of That's true. Uh, Marvel. I mean, Marvel fans but...
1: only care about when people start punching.
0: It's true. They don't want that boring talking. Yeah. Um, but I love the boring talking. <laughs> it's the best bit. Um, so they are doing a season two. Um,
1: it's the uh, episodes they didn't get to finish, wasn't it? Because of
0: I think so. Yeah. Greenwood. I I I imagine that they will do. They'll do some more, more? stuff
1: because, like, there's the there's the Tony and Gamore episode that they have to do. That's so weird. But that, that, that weird... is the finale. Yeah, I know. And then they just chose to axe the entire episode. Um, it's-
0: it's really bizarre. I um, I think I can see this going on for a while because mm. with every year, there are like five more stories that they can, what if? Well, yeah. Exactly. Like they said that in season two, they'll be able to look at more phase four things like Eternals and, and Black Widow. And I, I'm excited, I think still. I am maybe a little bit underwhelmed by the series as a whole. Like I enjoyed most episodes, but I was not wowed by many. Yeah, um, I mean,
1: the Doctor Strange one was probably my favorite one.
0: I was about to mention the Doctor Strange one mm. is a really good one. Yeah. Um but like the ones that I didn't love were still really fun. Yeah. Like uh Party Thor was fun. That was fun, uh, yeah. Zombies was really fun. I know some people said that like them constantly cracking jokes kind of took away from it, but to me the jokes were quite funny, so
1: And also if you were actually in a position where it's just you and a couple of your mates left in the world and you would have to joke about it to cope with it, I think.
0: I think that's true. And I think, yeah, Spider-Man has that nice thing about that.
1: He, yeah, exactly, yeah.
0: My favourite thing about this, I think, my favourite thing about the What If premise and the fact that the MCU has so many characters is that you can bring together these groups of remarkable people ah, um very good <laughs> you can bring together these ridiculous groups of characters that should never really be interacting like yeah. kurt from ant-man joining the crew <laughs> with sharon carter <laughs> yeah. Van Dyne, uh, peter parker yeah it's like uh happy hogan yeah, and I you can have them interact like thanos and um thanos and nebula and t'challa all being mates yeah uh and yeah, and Thor and Howard the Duck. Howard the Duck and Darcy. Yeah. Yes! It's and they go and get married. It's a bit like in... I mean, I'm going to bring it back to Star Wars because that is all I'm capable of. Of course. In Star Wars Infinities, uh, something happens that means Han and Chewie have to take Luke to Dagobah. Yes. Yeah. And uh, in doing so, Luke... Uh no, Han meets Yoda. <laughs> yes, and that is an interaction that you just you you never see, and it's it's so weird. What's really funny is that Yoda does his whole thing. He does yeah. his whole pretending he's a little frog yeah. man, and Han's like to Luke. Hey, this guy's Yoda. <laughs> like <laughs> this guy's a fraud. Yeah. Like I see right 100%. through this. And it's um I, I really like that. I really like seeing characters that should never ever meet. Mm have adventures together and just, just talk to each Absolutely. other. Absolutely. Okay, so, I mean, I guess we've just spoken about Star Wars. A little um, bit. I'm going to move on to a section of the podcast that I have named the Star Wars section of the podcast. Do you like this? It's
1: a great name. It's good.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's really got staying power. It's really I concise. don't know how deep to go into Star Wars because every week there is new content released in comics and books and, you know, and audio stories and Mm. there will be TV shows soon. And I'm not sure how much people care, but we care a little bit.
1: A little bit. Um, so enough to talk about it for five minutes.:
0: I wanted to briefly touch on publishing because uh, there was some news a couple oh, of days ago. Oh, yeah, your uh, favorite
1: characters <laughs> get in a bit.:
0: yes mm. um, well let's let's look at the all the stories, okay, let's <laughs> look at what was announced. Um, <laughs> yeah. For starters, stories of Jedi and Sith. This is an anthology.
1: Isn't that like uh, a little bit like the high tales of Luke Skywalker book that they did? I'm where it's not just sure sort of like
0: myths. I'm not sure how it works within canon. I'm I'm not sure that it is necessarily like myths and fables. Oh, okay. I think it might be. So we are getting a story about Ray, which is good. I like those. That's pretty cool. Um, When's that one set? Uh, well, the Ray one. Yeah. We don't know. Okay. <laughs> um, we just know Great. the characters. Uh, we're getting Obi Wan. We're getting Anakin. We're getting Palpatine. Ventress is getting a story. Yoda is getting a story. And what? When was the last time Yoda had a kind of POV uh, content? It was it. Oh. Um, um, was um, it like certain point of view? Like with that one story he had y- with yeah. where he was. He was preparing for... Was it Luke? To he, remember, he, wanted he, wanted to, to he wanted to train Leia. Leia. I remember that. Yeah. So I guess I, I really, I'm really, i really interested in how you do Yoda as a main character. And almost whether this will be Yoda as the main character or whether it will just be a guy experiencing Yoda.
1: Because I want to know if it will be like... Have you seen that excerpt of the... Um, uh, they, they did like a, a paragraph of the Austin Powers book where it was it's literally just how he speaks but in his mind oh that's brilliant So it's like uh <laughs> so it's uh it's one of the scenes from the movies but, and then it's uh it's just a line of basis, and and this was not groovy or something like that just something stupid how he talks and i wonder if it'll be the same for yoda if it's his his internal monologue will be exactly how he talks
0: oh god oh whoever does the audiobook mark thompson <laughs> yes. will just be doing his yoda voice <laughs> for the whole thing um, that would be right, great. Th- there's also a Luke one. Fine, Maul, mm. good. That's I right. like Maul. Maul has um, some good stories. Qui Gon, always good Excellent. to get more Qui Gon, especially written Qui Gon. Yeah. Um, Vader and Barriss Alfie which oh. is good. Um, That's good. I don't know whether it will be kind of because everyone has wondered what what happened to Barriss post what happens to Barris? Clone yeah. Wars. Um, whether she becomes an Inquisitor, whether she dies, whether yeah, because everyone happened. was
1: hoping she was going to be the seventh sister, right?
0: Yes, when uh, she was uh, the Sarah Michelle Geller's Rebels character, yes, who was yeah. the same species as Barris, so, yeah, but they decided Ellen, not yeah. to bridge that gap. Yeah. Um, and it I don't was, know why. And it
1: was like the same series where they introduced Ahsoka again, so they could have really easily put it in there uh, just to put the stakes in a little bit.
0: That makes me think that like they have other stuff going on there, but it's like I don't know. If you don't put Barris in Rebels to face off against Ahsoka, like mm. where do you put her? Yeah. Maybe in the Ahsoka. Show, <laughs> maybe, maybe in like well, but that. The
1: Ahsoka show is set like after. I mean, Ahsoka's right?
0: stayed out of trouble. Yeah, I know, all that but
1: Barris like... is uh, in Jedi jail. Is she?
0: Yeah, she's in Jedi yeah, jail. Yeah, so becomes, Palpatine like...
1: could have gone over and been like, "Oh, so you want to be you want to be a cool guy, or do you want to die?" And then she could have been like, "Well, whatever, man."
0: <laughs> He's like, I'll, "I'll keep you safe in here until until <laughs> nine A.B.Y." <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs>
1: And did they make a TV show where well, they would put you in it? Uh,
0: you want to be live action, don't you, Baris? <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Um, so that's that story. That sounds interesting. Sounds that, that pretty collection. Good. I'm not yeah. I'm not usually big into that kind of short story thing, but there's yeah. every character that they're talking about is one that I'm interested in reading it's about. An so. interesting character to do, um, yeah. And then there's Padawan, which is a a novel, a, a young adult novel, I believe, about mm. little little baby Obi-Wan as a Yay. Padawan. Um which I'm sure will be fine. It's like it's pre Master and Apprentice, it's pre Satine. Oh, okay. Um it's Ooh. I I think uh I think it'll just really be a generic kind of young yeah. Jedi story, but it happens to also be Obi Wan. Yeah. Um, uh, and then there's Brotherhood, uh, which is a, a, a you know a, an adult novel, not an adult novel. Um,
1: <laughs> that's the uh, business of Kate Mordia book, isn't it?
0: Yes, it is all about that business on Ktymoidia, and that's good. Uh, so I'm not sure it will be canon because uh, yeah. that bit famously doesn't count. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> I hate um, you. It's also about Anakin's rise to jedi knight which yep. is exciting that's kind of cool. i'm i'm really shocked that that hasn't been touched in canon yet yeah uh, and i'm almost surprised that that's that's not uh being saved for a bigger event yeah. but uh I'm, I'm i'm happy to see that to interestingly see anyway. i think both of them are coming out in around may next year oh, okay. um which is interesting because that's when the kenobi, show kenobi is series out. yeah so It may be that they tie into each other, like, specifically, content-wise, or just thematically with their relationship. Yeah. So, yeah. And then there's the final one, Shadow of the Sith.
1: Uh, Your favourite one.
0: I know you're really excited for this one, because uh, (laughs) it's a lovely adventure between Luke
1: and Lando. Like A really good pairing. Something that we haven't really seen before. And it's so cool. What could go wrong? What could go wrong? Oh god.
0: Yeah, unfortunately lots.
1: I think the the first sentence of the um of the synopsis ruins it completely. <laughs> so,
0: it's about Luke and Lando on an adventure to maybe like investigate the rise of Palpatine, the new rise of Palpatine, even though they never yeah. really find out about that. They didn't know about it. And so I don't so it's it's kind of like a story of a completely futile search. It's um, pretty
1: much just oh these are some things that these characters do but none of it pays off and we know none of it pays off
0: they are trying to find ochi of bestoon something we know they they don't don't. um they are trying to save the young girl who is being chased by ochi ray which which we know they they don't don't. we know that he kills her parents and she gets sold
1: um and Uh, lando's looking for his daughter who he doesn't find
0: and also the whole palpatine thing we know they don't uncover that especially not enough to do anything about it so yeah to me it just frustrates me because i am personally just trying to ignore that rise of skywalker ever happened Mm. but because of what rise of skywalker was and because of what rise of skywalker meant it is impossible for the rest of canon to ignore rise of skywalker yeah because it now requires so much retroactive uh establishing of these things, like the Sith Eternal, the Ochi stuff, uh, cloning Palpatine, all of that stuff was completely pulled out of their ass for Rise of Skywalker. And now they have to now be like, oh no, that was being planned around the time of Empire Strikes Back. And I don't really hold it against any of these creators who now have to do that to get things to fit. Because
1: I was really into reading the Darth Vader comic. It was really good. And then they because like Ochi fights Vader on Mustafar and stuff and they have really cool interactions and then like immediately after Vader goes to Exegol and discovers literally everything that Palpatine had planned which means that from that they also have to explain that now so they had to bend around backwards to not only explain that uh, Vader did in fact know about ExoGirl, but now they had to deal with the repercussions of by the time of episode six, Vader knew that there was a billion ships on this planet with planet killing weapons on, on the bombs. He knew that Palpatine had plans to survive being killed and somehow he threw him down a reactor shaft and was like, yeah, he's dead. That's fine. Um, but it's, it just ruins anything it touches, which I think is something that you were talking about. Uh, the other day. Yeah,
0: I mean, I did a Twitter thing about this and about how any time something touches Rise of Skywalker and it touches that narrative, I'm reminded Mm. of how hopeless that film feels to me. And the fact that that's quite an inescapable feeling now because everything is now leading to Rise of Skywalker, either directly or indirectly. Like, even if it's something completely unrelated and it's Mm. in service of winning the Galactic Civil War. We know that that then leads to the sequel trilogy and that leads to Rise of Skywalker. So it's quite hard. And I see people like, oh, you know, it's been two years. Why are you still going on about it? It's like, because it's still because happening. it keeps like, getting brought it is, up. it's not like to be honest the one star wars film that you can probably ignore and ignore all of its repercussions and consequences is the last jedi because <laughs> star wars is doing that like yeah. um it's not the same you can't ignore rise of skywalker because every story is now setting up or following on from rise of skywalker yeah. and I don't know. I think it's, it's Star Wars is in a frustrating place. And, yeah. um, I'm going to appear on a podcast soon, uh, where I talk about whether or not I can, I can think of ways <laughs> of mm. un- unbreaking Star Wars yeah. and distancing itself from Rise of Skywalker. But, uh, until then, yeah, let's talk about something that is good and, uh that we like uh everyone's talking about the on-screen star wars the disney plus release from the last few weeks terrifying tales lego star wars
1: that was actually i loved that it's really funny. i loved every minute of that i really like genuinely it. Oh, it was so good i didn't
0: enjoy the holiday special last year there was something about that, that i thought was slightly off yeah, like, uh, the, i
1: thought they were they tried a little bit too hard to try and make it funny but this one it just feels like it's a bit yeah. more effortlessly, just the Lego kind of brand of humour.
0: There is a Star Wars what-if, essentially, that features a fantastic gag of uh, when it's Luke and Vader on the Death Star together. <laughs> I love that, yeah. There's so much there that I really love, and it's it's sequel content and it's Poe content. It's the best uh, Knights of Ren story that we've gotten in canon. It's Ben Solo getting acknowledged, and almost acknowledged as a victim as well, uh, which is yep. nice because so many people seem obsessed with pretending that Ben Solo, as like an eight-year old was like i'm gonna be evil now for the rest of my life and not that he was just groomed yeah uh and manipulated so yeah i really like this uh, but we're not really here to talk yep. about that um star wars visions yes um another kind of star wars anthology uh, i was really excited for this i made my video back in may about why the star wars slate was not appealing to me yeah and i said that like there were one or two <laughs> things on the upcoming release schedule yeah that really did tick the boxes of new and inventive and uh, diverse creative voices and Visions was one of them. Yeah. So I think we should just go through all of the stories because they're all so different and to just talk about what we like about them, talk about how we feel about them yeah. and then maybe I'll do a ranking at the end because I know everyone's been dying to hear my oh, opinion Jesus. on uh, <laughs> which Ooh, stories you, I love. No,
1: you just want an excuse to do a, a tier list is what you want. I, it's just
0: in order. They're all pretty much like a tier or above Uh, there are a few that i don't love but uh let's start with the jewel because that was the first one what do you think of it that's the kind of very kurosawa uh kind of yeah kind of
1: guts um i loved i loved the idea that everything is in grayscale Yes, except for the lightsabers and the lights, and a few of the lights uh, and the
0: Kyber crystal. And it's, yeah, exactly. It's, it's probably the most distinct visual style of all of them. Um, yeah, I think, I think it's so. a really good introduction to Star Wars: Visions as a concept mm. because it's it's not very dialogue heavy. It's very kind of easy to understand. It's full yeah. of cool imagery. Um, it's just quite hard to fault. <laughs> like. Mm. Um, I think I was left wanting a little bit more from it. Um, but maybe that's because I just went in with quite high expectations because I was so yeah. excited for Visions. Um, so it's about Ronan, um, this guy, this very intriguing guy. Did you know that he was going to have a red lightsaber? Because that was in all the promotion, I had, but I, I, had had no no like, I had no idea. I had no idea. Since then, I've seen so much stuff that I could have seen or I I either saw and then forgot. But when I thought he was a Jedi, I thought he was gonna pull out a blue lightsaber and go up against the cool the blue or green lightsaber and just be cool. And he pulls out his thing from his lightsaber sheath and it's a big plot twist. It's a red lightsaber. Mm. It's it's really cool. I think
1: it's a good moment.
0: It leaves you wanting to know more about him and there's a lot of intrigue about him because he's very mysterious. But I think maybe I was like slightly left just a little unsatisfied because I think, you know, there's only so much you can do in 12 minutes. Um, mm. And I, I yeah I don't have a huge amount to complain about, but I think maybe I just would have loved to have seen slightly more from this guy and yeah. this, this world. Maybe that's not a bad thing at all. Like, I think maybe that's because... He was so stylish and it looked so cool that I could have watched it forever. Um,
1: Yeah, and Umbrella Lightsaber was pretty cool.
0: Hat droid as well. Hat Um, (laughs) droid. That was good. There was a probe droid. Was it a Doug driving a probe droid?
1: Yeah, it was. Uh, That was awesome.
0: There was was a, a Another droid I have. What does he look like? It's like a, an Imperial Protocol droid. You know, the black, the black one with oh, the yeah, kind yeah, of bug yeah. eyes. Done with like a minigun. <laughs> yes! Um, when his friend dies, he's like, of... no! And it's like, <laughs> that's yeah. a droid. Like,
1: <laughs> it's, yeah. it's so cool. It's that juxtaposition of when we when there was that trade uh, trailer there was a like a, a leaked poster of Tross where uh, C three P O had like the bowcaster yes and everyone and thought it went, was oh C three P O going to go mental <laughs> in this one, um, it's that kind of thing that we all want to see at some point yeah, just like, yeah. um, and we finally finally got something. like that. Thank you, Star Wars Visions for finally delivering on droid with a big gun. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: So, Tatooine Rhapsody was the second one. Um, mm. Oh, I will say that I watched these for the first time in English, and mm. then I've rewatched them all in Japanese. You've only seen them in—I watched them only
1: in Japanese. Yeah. So,
0: I think Tatooine Rhapsody may be the most different.
1: It's so different straight away from the art style and also just the tone of it. Uh, yeah. Because in uh, the duel, it's all very serious and gritty. But in Tatooine Rhapsody, it's all quite light-hearted. It's literally just a group of kids in a band.
0: It's cute. It's uh, it is it's cute. Nice. Um, I think the they were pretty immediately endearing. <laughs> like yeah. they, you know, their music was pretty fun and not something that we'd really heard in Star Wars before. I don't think yeah. I would listen to it, you know, on Spotify. Oh no! But it was it was fine and. This I, it's not my favorite story of visions at all, mm. but it was it was cute. I think I I maybe found it a little bit more annoying in English. Um, mm. I th- I think the main character is voiced by Joseph Gordon-Levitt in the English version. Oh really? Which is really weird. It, he doesn't really <laughs> sound like him, but you know, nice to nice to have him back in Star Wars after his yeah. Last Jedi cameo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what else is in this? Um, I guess it's the one um, with the most familiar characters.
1: Is that true? it? Is you've like, got big. Bib fortuna. Big fortuna uh you've got jabba the hut uh is gardula the hut in this one uh
0: no you're thinking of no. lego star wars um, i'm thinking
1: of no i'm thinking of literally episode one when they're in the same space all oh, right um <laughs> in the pod racing area
0: that looks so cool the 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 pod racing that great, thing yeah. that establishing shot they have of literally, the 3d, the 3D uh, environment to eve yeah and
1: recreated um, uh, that in anime, good. that was super cool.
0: Boba Fett is in it as well. In the English version, he is b- voiced by Temuera Morrison. Of course. And I think this reminded me that Boba Fett is really cool. Like, mm. Boba Fett fans are really annoying. And, oh, um, yeah, because they were,
1: oh no, they made Boba Fett chibi. He can't be cool like that. Um, but he is. They he's get annoyed. really cool. They it. get
0: annoyed every time Boba Fett is in anything because he's not, like, <laughs> murdering people with bloody know, gore yeah. every time. And it's like. That makes me hate Boba because I hate what they want him to be. And then I see what Boba actually is and I'm like, yeah, this guy's pretty cool. Um, There's this one really cute bit where, like, they're playing and it, like, shows everyone vibing and, like, Boba's vibing and uh, Jabba's wiggling his tail. And then it it cuts across to, like, everyone across Tatooine watching it on their little screens. (laughs) And then it cuts to Obi-Wan Kenobi's house. (laughs) And, (laughs) And I, like, really like the idea of, like, whenever this is set, like, uh just Maybe Obi Wan's just gone into exile, yeah. <laughs> and he's his first day on Tatooine, and he's just vibing to uh, yeah this band. I, I, mean, that I would, I would really love cool.
1: if there's a scene in the Kenobi series where he's just sitting down watching a concert <laughs> on his iPad.
0: Um, I thought they should have um, had a reaction shot of Bosk because do you remember uh, in Jewel of the Fates, have you do you know much about Colin Trevorrow's Episode Nine? Uh, a little bit. In Colin Trevorrow's Episode Nine, there is a bit where like the Force beacon goes out, right, and it is right. inspiring everyone to rise up against like the first order and it's good yeah and it's like it shows everyone in the script it's like everyone across the galaxy is reacting to it bosk is there, <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> bosk
1: is there. Like, i do remember that line it's like <laughs> bosk, even bosk has
0: a cameo i just thought it'd be, be nice to pay so no, homage let's... to a non-existent star wars movie <laughs> but uh okay we've talked about this for too long yeah. um the twins um that was fun the third one it's pretty good um i think there is some weird stuff in it that bogs it down a bit because i think of the first three there were like visuals in it that i really really loved like maybe more than the first two yeah um and i was kind of blown away by that and especially the visual parallels to the sequel trilogy yeah and especially the last jedi like we have a holdo maneuver we have yeah with a gigantic lightsaber (laughs) (laughs) that was cool there's a a forced tug of war there's Mm. kind of all that um, but then it's it is a bit bogged down by just what I don't like about Rise of Skywalker, which is just the constant like we were made by the dark side, cloned yeah, by the dark side, um, that kind of thing. Secrets only the Sith knew. Yeah,
1: um, it's also kind of like the setting is also a little bit uh, lends itself to not be as well interpreted as the others. So because it's just set on a uh, like these two star destroyers that are connected in the middle. Yeah. So it just it can only be a star destroyer interior. Which means it can't, it doesn't have any character because it doesn't, it's not meant to.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think, um, also, like, the voice acting is, is rough on that one in the English version. Oh, is it? It is Neil Patrick Harris and Alison Bree, who are both great. <laughs> um, but Alison Bree sounds like Unikitty, uh, um, right. from the Lego movie when she gets angry, um, <laughs> which is really funny, but it, it doesn't quite work for what they're going no. for. Um, but I, I, I don't hate it, but I think there's a lot of explaining who they are and what they're doing. And yep. not really to any end. Like <laughs> uh it's it's a bizarre thing. And it kind of ends on like, I'll find out the key to why we were created. And it's yeah. like you've just been telling us all <laughs> like all episodes <laughs> yeah. why you were created. It was all for mm. this. Um I guess what's interesting about this one is that it is probably the closest to like a what if. It's the closest to a completely non-canon story. Because yeah. it's almost like a play on Luke and Leia, those twins. Yeah. It's like a dark side version of them.
1: I mean, well, yeah, the the boy does look quite a bit like
0: yeah, and he, you know, he flies his X wing. He and also he, goes uh...
1: to Tatooine at the end.
0: So it's it's. I guess it's the I, I, maybe I'm forgetting one, but a lot of these are not officially canon, but they don't necessarily contradict anything. Whereas this one, yeah. they exist in a bizarre world where, like, they were born out of the dark side. Yeah. The Galactic Republic and the Empire exist at the oh, same yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Um So it's 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 cool. Yeah. Um, I think planet destroying star destroyer uh, as a, it's a little as a bit threat, old,
1: a little bit of a yeah. worn topic to use. But um, uh, it was it, it was all right. I think it's this was pretty good. Episode. Um, You've got lightsaber um
0: whips she's got grievous well, arms. She does. Um, uh, there's a lot about their armor. There's a lot about Kyber crystal energy armor. Yeah. And it's it's yeah. But like, there's cool stuff, and I think there's enough cool stuff for me not to really care about all the nonsense that they're spouting all the time. Mm, yeah. Um. And then there's episode four, um, yep. the village bride, which is absolutely fantastic. I don't know. How do you feel about this one?
1: Um. I really liked it. I thought it was a really interesting idea of this jedi looking over these um traditions that this tribe has that they've they've never seen before and there's also another traveler there who is also kind of like an insert the character except he knows what's going on kind of thing uh and then towards the end she decides oh she needs to intervene because these baddies are mean i really like uh, that the, the kind of awesome
0: the Lord Buckethead guy is very yeah. much trying to get her to intervene without yeah. saying it. And she's like, I know what you're doing, yeah. but it, it works anyway. Um, yeah, exactly. I just thought this was probably like the most pure Star Wars, just joy. Like it's yeah. pretty much unlike anything we've seen before, but at the same time feels so right within the universe. Yeah. It's very yeah. Star
1: Wars because it's like the Jedi saying, oh no, we can't intervene. Yeah. But then the Jedi comes in and saves the day and it's awesome. Uh, and everyone's happy. It's that kind of, like, Star Wars thing that everyone just loves watching.
0: It was really great. Like, it's it's one of the most beautiful, I think, of the nine stories, like the landscapes and the nature... ...and the music, and I think at the start... ...when we're finding out what's happening with this tribe... ...and yeah. with uh, with the bride... ...and what's going to happen to her... Um, ...there's just a lot of sadness... ...even when we're not mm. quite sure what's going on... ...like yeah. that stuff at the start... When, ...when he's lifting her up the mountain... Yeah. ...there is a sadness to that... ...that we don't know why yeah. yet... Like, they leave it, it vague... Yeah. And, like
1: ...right until the end... ...and it's great that they did that...
0: ...and I think despite the fact that... ...until the very end... like ...there's very little Star Wars stuff... At the end, there's battle droids and a lightsaber. But for the most part, surface level-wise, it is really un-Star Wars. And that almost makes it feel the most Star Wars. Um, The emotional core is so strong. And she is such a... Her name is f, and she is such a compelling lead and i yeah. I just want to see more from her she's and fantastic. not in a way not in a way that like I was left unsatisfied with this, but more that I just think she's so cool yeah and she's got that lightsaber at the end with the the kind of it's like a katana yeah thing, that was cool and she slices the guy in the English version uh Matthew Wood does the voice of the battle droids of and- course he does yeah i think that almost takes away from it i think really suddenly suddenly hearing kind of hey who are you kind of oh, yeah. <laughs> like hearing that <laughs> it's like, wars, oh this
1: is star wars
0: yeah i think hearing that almost ruins the magic a yeah. little bit whereas watching it in japanese it it, it it almost just sounds like generic robot which is almost what they need to be
1: it's not really relatable to matthew wood's brand of b1 battle droids although
0: in the english version um i told you this before but christopher sean is in it as the as the the groom uh he played kaz in um uh star wars resistance yeah which is really funny because like in a lot of these there are actors who have been in star wars before but none that are just doing their voice that they have already (laughs) done in a star wars animation um but that's that's just fun so that was the fourth one, mm. and I think it's just fantastic. Yeah. Um, and then it moves on to the fifth one, which I think is just as good, if not better. The ninth Jedi. I um, love the
1: ninth Jedi. That was really good.
0: It's perfection. It is it's fantastic. Like, the visuals are pretty breathtaking yeah. for a lot of the time. It is just a really engaging and intriguing story.
1: The setting is really good. Yeah. You've got the, you've got the asteroid base. Which is always a good vibe. Uh, you've Absolutely, got, you've got the like the forge on the planet side.
0: You've got the um, the big cranes grabbing the yeah. kyber crystal um, parts of the ring into. The atmosphere, yeah. uh, which is just so cool, we see that from two different angles, mm. and it's just there's so much going on there. That's there's so much thought put into that environment. Yeah, um, not that there isn't in other ones, but this feels like a really well rounded yeah. and well realized Star Wars planet. Um, yeah. That's not like Tatooine, and it's not because uh, you know the lovely uh, Village Bride one is you know just a lovely very asian inspired uh, like environment but it's not we don't see a lot of uh technology or whatever whereas this one it has the droids it has the the ships
1: it's very star wars uh in respect of uh how their worlds are built so that they've got it's just packed of stuff all over the place constantly and And we get a sense
0: of how it works
1: yeah exactly
0: this as a setup like thousands of years after anything we know um I think it's meant to be, like, years after, like, she's grown up. Kara has grown up with stories of the Jedi, stories of Luke Skywalker, stories of Rey. And to have that as a setup and that the Jedi are extinct, but someone is trying to revive them, but the Sith are involved. And I just, I think that's so great. And it would have been, in in another universe, people have said this, a great setup for a reboot of Star Wars (laughs) to be completely from scratch. Like, this is almost an alternate episode seven. Yeah, Like, they could have done this. And it feels like a whole movie. Like, I don't yeah. know how they did it. I mean, it's it's longer than some of the episodes, but I think a bit like some of the best What If episodes, they've managed to fit so much content into this story and into this world and flesh out these characters. Like, yeah. Kara is so lovely. She's very, like, Ray. Her dad is lovely as well. In the yeah. um, English version, he's played by uh, Simu Liu. No um, way! Yeah, and... He's lovely, and I thought that he would die, but he was actually just taken off, and they can rescue him. And this is the one that I would just really like to see a follow-up from.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, Because it also kind of feels like that, I'm told this is how people felt when they watched... A new hope for the first time in 77. Whereas like they felt like, oh, anyone can be a Jedi kind of thing because of how Obi-Wan describes it to Luke in yeah. the Falcon. And it's that moment when she picks up the lightsaber and it doesn't quite grow fully. And then when she's with all of the other Jedi and it becomes a full lightsaber so oh everyone can anyone can be that
0: that is so Do good color changing cool. lightsabers that was amazing such a great idea it's like so cool. i cannot believe they have not done it sooner yeah it needs to be brought into canon because for visual storytelling it is incredible when they all ignite their lightsabers and it turns yeah. out they they glow they're all red baddings, yeah. uh, and when that one guy starts to go purple and then yeah. returns to blue like i think that's it's so cool, and they just—I uh, think the Margrave has like a Halo lightsaber with like yes, a, a yes ring it around is, it, yeah. and that's, that's really there's cool. just so much here that you would just love to see expanded and continued and built upon.
1: Yeah, because the amount they've uh, hammered in recently uh, with uh, canon material is that the Jedi and the Kyber crystal are what's linked, and so the the bond between it is what gives the kyber it's color and that kind of thing and they've said that loads of times but they've never actually done it so if if a baddie picks up someone else's lightsaber it just is red
0: yeah i think i mean it's the kind of thing that is is very basic and it's almost like what a child would imagine lightsabers to work as yeah uh, and that's not a bad thing that is it's a like, really simple idea yeah, it's, but it's
1: so effective it, it's a simple
0: idea that if used like they used here like it can be fantastic for storytelling and to show the inner like force conflict of a character yeah. on screen. Because that's something that is hard to do on screen without trippy force visuals, without well, a yeah. Clone Wars Mortis dream sequence. Because you've
1: just got, oh, uh, Anakin's got yellow eyes in the scene. So yeah, exactly. Doing and bad things.
0: Any way of kind of externalizing an internal struggle is great. And this yeah. is a great way to do it. Um, that final shot where the kyber crystal temple thing in the asteroid shoots the beam out and then it f-
1: flips yeah. the camera
0: around and it becomes a lightsaber in itself yeah that gorgeous really cool. star wars I love 10 that. out of 10 great star wars <laughs> definitely the best star wars of the year <laughs> i think um, okay tob1 how'd you feel
1: toby i liked this one a lot i got um you know um you know cordova from the Fallen Order game, yes, yes, I got him, him vibes from the master, yes, or the he guy. is so lovely (laughs) he's such a nice guy it was really nice because the animation style really goes well with just the barren wasteland of what that planet is and when they start incorporating nature into it um so that's what they're doing they're trying to recreate life on this dead world and once they do that suddenly everything changes the way you look at uh, how everything's drawn and animated it's it's, ama- it's amazing it's fantastic
0: it's really funny to me that this is like a cute story about yeah. a little droid who dreams of being a Jedi and yeah. then at the end it happens to have like some of the sickest action yeah. of the whole it's anthology actually really
1: good An Inquisitor comes down they have an amazing fight
0: there's not a huge amount I have to say about this one but that's mostly because I don't have anything to- negative to say like yeah. there's nothing I can fault it for for what it's mm. doing it's like a- the same way that the twins was a play on like Luke and Leia yeah. this is almost like the story of Luke but slightly different yeah. Um. I guess it's like a, a hero's journey which is in turn Luke's journey and to then in, you know have that on a desert planet with two sons yeah. um, it's great this is one that has kind of stuck with me more than I expected it to yeah. because I just saw it as the cute droid one yeah. I didn't think because like, you know,
1: you've got loads of other really cute droids in it as well And they just act like a proper family, and it's so nice.
0: Droids in general in Star Wars visions are great. Like every, it feels like every time that uh, one of these filmmakers and studios, they were like, "Okay, we need to have a droid." Yeah, (laughs)
1: literally in the Ninth Jedi with the droid who pilots the the ship up, and he's like, "No, I'm on my break." Kind of.
0: (laughs) It's like all of these droids have become iconic, and like there's. Most of them have like a little companion droid, most of the lead characters in these stories, and why shouldn't they? I
1: mean, everyone has a little companion droid in Star Wars. It's not Star Wars (laughs) without it.
0: I think the idea that a droid can become a Jedi is one that I really
1: like. I mean, people have been talking about it since um, R5 in uh, A New Hope, haven't they?
0: Yes, uh, but that was that was a joke. That and was think, a joke. To be honest, the idea of like an astromech droid having the force <laughs> is silly to me. <laughs> <It's> but just... <laughs> y- y- look at T O B one. You look at C three P O. They're like people. They're like yeah. um, droid. Sentience is a is an interesting topic in Star Wars, and it's one that I hope they keep kind of diving into. Uh,
1: definitely. Yeah.
0: You know, look at L three. Like I can <clears throat> imagine L three getting into some kind of uh, spirituality with uh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, if that was her her bag. But I think. That, yeah, there's nothing nothing really negative to say about... Um,
1: no, it's just really cute and really fun.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> next up is The Elder, uh, which is another one that I really liked. Um, it's mm. got a pretty distinct art style again. like. Um, yeah. And I guess era-wise, it's another interesting one because we're not quite sure when it's set. It's They kind of yeah. look like High Republic Jedi, but... Um, I was
1: thinking it could be quite High Republic-y. Uh,
0: but almost before, because... Uh, they talk about the Sith being, you know, wiped out hundreds of years ago. And yeah. I'm not sure if it was like 800 years ago. <laughs> I don't think I would say hundreds <laughs> of years ago. <laughs> that that's, that feels a bit too long. Like, I'm almost thinking like it's early New Republic. Not New Republic, but yeah. you know what I mean. Um, yeah. This is one, like, it starts with just a conversation and there, there's actually not a huge mm. amount of just talking in <laughs> these mm. uh, stories. And it's one where I actually think the English dub... Uh, well at least for me as an english person um <laughs> it works and it is better yeah uh not least uh because david harbour voices the master um right. and he brings this incredible like humor and gravitas to uh this character and becomes just essentially through how cool he speaks yeah. um <laughs> uh one of my favorite jedi he's like He's very Qui Gon. He's very yeah. reserved. And I, I, I watched it in English first, and then Japanese, and then back to English. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I'm not sure I would have got that sense uh, with the uh, with the Japanese original thing, just because I don't speak Japanese and I'm less <laughs> able to pick up on the uh, the vocal nuances. Yeah. Uh, and I also think it lends itself to the the, the translation quite well because you're not having to match um the timing of speaking <laughs> to uh, certain action beats when they're written for Japanese. The rest of the story, they go to this planet and they find this ancient warrior yeah. uh, who it turns out might be even more ancient than than he even seems um because oh, when when he dies he just crumbles to yeah. dust. Um I love the idea that he's too too angry to die. Um <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's, it's very koto that.
0: Yeah, it's 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 pretty simple, but he's got a lovely relationship with his apprentice. Yeah, and uh, lightsabers look really good in this. Yeah. They're like solid color instead yeah. of like with the you know a lot of them they're they're white with the color as the as the edges. Yeah, but this is like solid blue, yeah. solid green, solid red. Is there anything else to say about this? How did you feel about it?
1: I don't know. I just thought it was it was really it was really fun and interesting because you've got like the cocky kid who mm. wants who's craving adventure. And you've got the master who has had all of the adventure and just wants to go and explore some quiet tribe places Yeah, and then you've got the fight with the elder and you think that the apprentice has been killed by him and then it's after the fight and do you realize he's just uh, got a light, slight light graze <laughs> a light uh, lightsaber
0: graze from two yeah, lightsabers to the exactly, chest exactly yeah you
1: know? <laughs> um and then He's, even then, he's still a little bit in awe of it. He's like, whoa, yeah. you defeated that old dude. He was crazy. And then, uh, the master is like, oh, if he was younger, he would have killed the shit out of me. (laughs) That
0: wisdom is so cool when he's like, I don't think I really did defeat him. I think time was what defeated him. Yeah, exactly. As it as it defeats us all. I was like, this is Star Wars, man. This is this is so good. Um it's a it's a very simple story. Um (laughs) but it's executed like Perfectly, <laughs> like yeah. there's not a huge amount I would point to and say Definitely. they should do better. And then there's Lop and Ocho, the mm. the one that we all saw in the promotional material and called like the rabbit furry girl. The rabbit um, one, yeah. And turns out I loved this. <laughs> like it was good. Wasn't it? The setting is really cool. Like yeah. it's really beautiful in the nature. And yeah. like there's this opening montage with the narration that is that talks about its relationship with the empire and yeah. how they kind of. Struggled to advance technologically so yeah. they actually accepted the oppression of the empire as a necessary
1: evil yeah. to progress which was a really cool neat idea that they decided to go for yeah because usually it's just oh the empire came in and took away our freedoms and that was that
0: yeah and i think you know politics of of star wars and, and imperial oppression that's not something <clears throat> i expected um star wars visions to tackle well yeah but i'm really glad it did <laughs> Because yeah. it's like in 10 minutes, they were able to tell a, quite an interesting story about the relationship that these planets have with the Empire. Yeah.
1: And they gave a really compelling argument for both sides of the same coin yeah. as well.
0: And, you know, it's it's done within one family where one is willing to yeah. accept imperial rule and the father, you know, he's very Saw e I I guess, he in, is, his, yeah. um, in his rebellion. And I think he's quite based. Um, <laughs> I, um, I was and, wondering how long it would take you to say based. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't throw it around too much, but I think, <laughs> I think his, yeah, their dad was pretty based. He deserves it. And the main rabbit girl was lovely. In the she English dub, she reminded me a lot of Rose Tico. I don't know who voiced her in the English one, but she was so just kind of unapologetically kind and yeah. just wanted everyone to be happy. And I, I know st- like, kindness is a big part of Star Wars you <laughs> but you rarely get characters that are just their main defining characteristic is that they are really nice and um, like Omega is one and Rose Tico is another and Lop now is uh, a third and I think her relationship with the father and you know it's her adopted father and the the dynamic they have it's just it's really lovely to have this kind of element and in the end like he passes on the you know family heirloom to her his not his actual Biological daughter, but you know someone who yeah. he believes embodies the family a lot, a lot better uh, than yeah. his his Nazi daughter. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> it's fun to see as well at the beginning, like he's reluctant to bring her into the family, but his daughter is all for it, and or it refers to her as sister straight away. And then at the end of the episode, it's sort of that thing of like, um absolute power corrupts absolutely, where. The daughter is now furious because she didn't get the lightsaber, and it's her, and she's not even part of the family, and she's using that against.
0: It's a bit um, like uh, well, *Knives Out* when everyone tells Marta she's part of the family, yeah. And then exactly. as soon as Marta wins, they're like, "Well, she's, she's not one of us. She's <laughs> not even part of the family." Yeah. It reminded me a little bit of that. The action at the end was really stylized and nice. Like yeah, the the, really the, cool. the backgrounds kind of vanished as they were yeah. colliding. Um, they have this lightsaber. I love. The <laughs> cat I usually hate the value placed in lightsabers. Um, yeah. This weapon is your life is just really annoying to me because it's just like <laughs> oh, it's just a weapon, it's just a sword. But I think in this like one case, having it as this heirloom passed down from this ancient yeah. Jedi that vi- vi- visited them,
1: it's got that connection because it's like oh he he died protecting our village and we look after it in memory of him.
0: I think it's it's really good. Is there anything else to say about it? I think this is the case for a lot of them because every single story that could possibly feature a star destroyer does feature a star destroyer because <laughs> I, I, I guess people like animating them but there are yeah. so many shots of the environment and there's just this star destroyer hanging in the atmosphere it's and a that cool
1: was, uh, visual to have
0: they look good in whatever art style they put they really the do star destroyer. Yeah. like um in the twins it looks great in Toby in T O B one. There's uh I think oh, it's yeah, yeah. in that one very briefly, but you know, they took the opportunity. Um so yeah, hard to fault, hard to fault show. Yeah. Um and then the final one, Akakiri, I believe. Uh this is the
1: only one I didn't like, I think.
0: Me too. Okay. <laughs> Good. I, I'm glad. Uh I saw someone on Twitter say people were people are sleeping on this one and uh, I don't like it. It is it is definitely no. the weakest.
1: I think so. It's that whole thing of Star Wars does this a lot, where Jedi have visions, and then someone, like usually typically an elder Jedi, says to them, "Oh well, you know, it could literally mean anything because you you you're only seeing part of what you want to see. You're not seeing the whole picture of the vision." And he sees this vision of he kills someone and becomes bad yeah. and at the end of the episode he kills her and he becomes bad <laughs> so, so i don't really um because he was trying to stop that from happening but like yeah. him acting on it makes it happen and it's just that whole thing of well is there free will anyway it's i don't get what they're going for with that
0: vision stuff no. because he's not really like throughout the episode he's not really like actively trying to prevent it happening because he doesn't know that it's bad like he doesn't know who he's killing and it turns out it's the person that he loves we think and this is another thing like they are it's like a romance it's like a forbidden romance which I love in Star Wars and but we don't know that that's the case (laughs) until like at least halfway through. Like they have that flashback of the two of them when they're young and that is like the first time that I have anything to care about for these characters. But we've had most of the story by then and um, that's the issue because we spend like, you know, seven minutes or so with these characters that we don't know don't really like um yeah i mean i like the two guides i like the two funny people that sang on the little camels
1: yeah that was really and cool. there
0: are some there are some visuals that i do like like as they're doing their journey to the palace they, it cycles through through uh, a few different environments yeah and i think that some of them look gorgeous and it looks great but on the whole this is just pretty dull <laughs> yeah. and uh and it's, it's got a sad ending as well and I mean, I'm happy to have sad endings. I'm not, you know, a baby. But at the same <laughs> time, it might have been nice to end Star Wars Visions on a hopeful note as yeah. an anthology.
1: It feels kind of weird as well, because he's accidentally um, stabbed her. He doesn't have to be evil after that.
0: No. And then he is to save her. And then... yeah. Uh, and then he's like, all right, well, I saved you because she was my master, and now I've just got to be with her now? Well, it's like, see you later. Um It's... I don't like it. And I it's a shame, because, like, I look at The Village Bride as, you know, that's got a lovely, hopeful ending. The Ninth yeah. Jedi is fantastically open-ended, and it ends on that gorgeous, yeah. like, lightsaber shot. But we end on Akakiri, like, the weakest of all of them. Um with a kind of, it's not even that, it's not even like a, an overtly tragic ending, because it's like he doesn't yeah. permanently kill her, but at the same time yeah. he goes evil and flies off, and it's like, what's the point? Although, at the end, when everything is red, it does look pretty cool.
1: <laughs> um, it does. That does, really, as Last Jedi fans, that was pretty cool.
0: I like red, I like when Star Wars is red. <laughs> so that's Star Wars Visions, I guess. It's kind of the exact project that I was hoping for when I saw the kind of yeah. sameness of, um, all 100%. those Mandalorian spin-offs and, you know, rise yeah. of Skywalker and Luke Skywalker showing up in Mandalorian and just like all of that. And it's like, this is all ticking the same star Wars boxes. And I want to branch out and look at what star Wars can be when it's not this exact thing. And yeah, in, in like the best way you can kind of forget that star Wars visions is star Wars. Um, and yeah. not in like a, or oh, it doesn't even feel like Star Wars, but in a way that you're so swept up in the individual worlds and the characters that yeah. it's not just constantly being like, hey, remember Darth Vader? Hey, do you remember Luke Skywalker? <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, you are... invested in Lop and Ocho and Toby and and F and uh, and Kara and then suddenly a familiar Star Wars sound effect or design will show up and you'll be like oh yeah this is Star Wars and I think that is almost Star Wars at it's best
1: and you're not worried that there is a there's an ominous Palpatine shaped figure lurking in the background (laughs) he's going to
0: appear at some point that's very true and they work in Star Wars uh, musically, they work in, like, inspired Star Wars music. Like, yeah. there's no proper returning themes. Mm. Like, I, I re-watched it, and I wanted to make sure that there was nothing that was overtly, like, the Force theme. And there yeah. isn't. It's all just, like, it feels like it. <laughs> like, yeah. there's a lot of nice Imperial motifs based on, you know, Imperial March with the drums, or the uh, even the Rogue One um, mm. Empire theme has some representation in Loponocchi, Not Ochi, Ocho, (laughs) (laughs) Ocho. Oh God, that would be a very different story. Um, But like, it's not exactly that. It's like lifted from it and inspired by it. And that's how it is across the board. Like Kara has, in in Kara's introduction when she's riding the speeder, it it sounds almost like Ray's theme because it's a very similar introduction. And I just, I really like that. And I really like that it's that attitude across all of the storytelling. Mm. Uh, you've got these characters saying like star Wars quotes in their yeah. own way. Like, I mean, obviously there's always a, I've got a bad feeling about this. Yeah. Um, but, and you've got your May the um, Force be with You've got that as well. But you've got, like, um, in the twins, uh, the, the, the boy twin goes to his droid. It's like, well, it's like you always say, there is no try. It's just do or <laughs> yeah. do not. It's like, oh, you know, it's nice to work in these themes and these specific quotes, but not like like my old pal Yoda always yeah. said. Um, it's it's nice it to kind It of just feels really these. natural for it yeah. to be there. Um, and, um professor mitaka from the the tob1 he's like adventure excitement. being a jedi isn't all of that and i'm like ah, i know that i know that from star (laughs) wars but it's not it's not like that it's not hey remember empire strikes back it is just a good thing to work in character um we get some wonderful droids we get some wonderful lightsabers like is it every time we see a lightsaber there is a new lightsaber gimmick and i don't mean this in a bad way um (laughs) Whether it's color changing halo, um, there's like, there's like, uh, words or like some text on the blade itself in Loki yeah. Um, there's the lightsaber whip. There is the kind of katana blade. There's, um, and I, I really like this. I like seeing familiar Star Wars things in new styles and yeah. new interpretations of them. And then we get brand new things, brand new things inspired by, um, Japanese culture, but put into a Star Wars style i yeah. guess so like hat droid um yeah is just it's it's so cool to see so i love visions it is something that i'm so glad exists and i'm so glad that disney let it exist yeah um, me too. it it really shouldn't like it really doesn't Makes sense in with in in line with how Disney have approached Star Wars in yeah. other
1: areas. Absolutely. Like
0: I think it came from Kathleen Kennedy herself. She was the one pushing for this project. Oh, good. Because uh, I think she wanted this diversity in storytellers. But I wish yeah. she would take that and put it in everywhere main else Star Wars. And maybe it's because there are higher up voices, powers mm. at be at Disney that want the safe bet, yeah. but. Uh, I would really like if this set a new precedent for yeah. creativity in Star Wars. We've already spent too much time talking about Star Wars Visions, so I won't do my ranking now. Okay. Uh, check Twitter, I'll probably put one up there. So I guess that's all I have to say about Star Wars Visions. That's the end of the uh, the Star Wars section of the podcast. Oh, thank God. So now we're going to be talking about 15 different new films oh, no. that have come out instead of No. Um <laughs> I was just going to just briefly touch on some of the other things we've been watching. Um, I listened to another podcast where they do this, but uh, I'm hoping not to copy them entirely. But uh, is there anything that you've seen recently that has come out recently that you would like to just mention?
1: Um, Yeah, I'll mention, I mean, everyone's been talking about it. So I guess it's not really anything new per se. But uh, Squid Game, I've seen the first episode. It's... It's fucking good. <laughs> is it? It is It is. It is good. Um, don't watch it in English is the only thing that I would say. Everyone I've spoken to uh, in real life has said that they've watched it in English and it sucked. <laughs> to which I responded, why didn't you just switch to Korean? And they went, oh, because I didn't want to read the subtitles. Cringe. So, <laughs> which is um, the worst reason <laughs> uh... I could think of, but... Yeah,
0: I don't know. It's it's good. It's good. And is it as good as people say? Um, is it, Well, I'm not sure because the, I mean, have only, seen... only seen
1: the first episode. It's it's a really strong opening. It's a good start.
0: That's good because often often you're told give it give it a couple of episodes. You know you know.
1: Oh yeah, no. It, instantly, it's good. You don't have to watch half you don't have to watch four out of nine episodes to think "Hmm, this (laughs) is getting good that
0: might be something I investigate then I have been wasting all my time watching Modern Family which makes me an idiot um, (laughs) because I don't have any time to watch actual good stuff um or like make yeah. content because I don't, I'm not going to make a modern family video essay, but I stupidly started watching the first episode with my girlfriend a few weeks ago. Yeah. And now I'm just like, well, I've got to finish it. And it's yeah. like 11 seasons. So, um, <laughs> I have watched, I watched all the Daniel Craig Bond films, some of them for the first time. Mm. And I watched No Time to Die as well. Nice. You haven't seen that. Not so yet. I won't no. Spoil that. But I think it's really good. And gotcha. to be honest, I feel overall positively about all five of the James Bond films oh, like good. Quantum of Solace is a mess but I like it overall like like it's maybe only like a six out of ten but that's more than you know five and Spectre as well I, I like the good parts of it yeah. so <laughs> and No Time to Die is better than Spectre it's better oh, okay. than Quantum of Solace it is more in line with Casino Royale and Skyfall oh, cool. um even though it is very kind of spectre-heavy in the kind of well, elements it, set up. it kind, kind of
1: has to be. <laughs>
0: yeah. So, yeah, what else have I watched? I watched Free Guy, <laughs> in yeah. the Ryan Reynolds GTA-style yeah, movie. Yeah, that's only
1: Disney+, isn't it? For some reason, I, I don't know why, yeah.
0: they put it free on Disney+, Plus <laughs> while it's still in cinemas. Oh. Like, not even Premier Access. Like, you can go to the cinema now, like where I live, and get... You can see it like multiple times in the day yeah. and pay money to see it or you can just go on disney plus and it's right there <laughs> i thought it was fine. fine um just fine i i don't i wasn't expecting much yeah i don't love ryan reynolds but you know it's very matrix it's very lego yeah. movie it's very truman show groundhog day it's yeah. like it's it's not doing anything new yeah. except perhaps the video game element like yeah. i think it It does understand games better than most films about games. Um, And that's maybe because it's not like a direct adaptation of anything in particular. Like if it gets something wrong, that can just be what this game is. Yeah um however whenever like an actor like Jodie Comer or uh Taika Waititi says like trolling or noobs I'm just like oh god oh Oh, god (laughs) please shut up um other than that it's fine I'm not sure I'd recommend it unless you just want to switch your brain off and uh, I think I watched it after writing something or editing something and I really needed to just Switch off my head yeah. and just let something wash over me. So if you're in- into something like that, check out Free Guy. Because
1: oh um, uh and JackSepticEye are in it, aren't they?
0: Oh yeah, they're great. Oh good. I mean it's it's a cameo role. Yeah. Ninjas in it as well. Oh, of course he is. Ryan Reynolds is there and he goes, "The fuck you sent me." So, yeah, I think that is all we have time for today um, on diving into why, which I say that like we've not dived into lots of whys today. I think we've covered a lot of things. Next month, because we're uploading monthly oh, yeah. um so far... Um we will be looking at a few other things. Uh, there will have been a Marvel movie by then maybe. Um we'll look at whatever Doctor Who has come out or hasn't come out. Oh yeah, yeah. We're not getting book book of Boba Fett until the end of December. I don't think Hawkeye will have started either. Okay. Um <laughs> we're just wasting time in the first episode planning the second. <laughs> but uh yeah, thank you for listening if anyone still is. I think uh we've slowly got the hang of it over this thing. <laughs> I I've enjoyed it. Yeah, thank you very much for listening. Um, obviously, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can leave us a comment and, you know, let us know your thoughts on anything that we've spoken about today. What's your personal Star Wars visions ranking would be, would be lovely to hear. Uh, I've seen so many different varied ones. Uh, I'd love to find out if anyone enjoyed the, the ninth one <laughs> because I did not. Um. Uh, Follow me on Twitter, uh, at you know, at Joe Brennan. I feel like if you're listening to this, you probably know where to find me, but links are in the description. Uh, If you're checking this out on YouTube, but you'd like to follow us on something like Spotify or Apple Podcasts, we are there as well. Uh, I've got a a link at the bottom with all the platforms that we're on because we are on anything. Um, Yeah, and you know, I guess, I guess that's it. We'll see you in a month. I will see you in two weeks because I've got a video coming out then. And uh, Tom, you, you've got to go back in your box now for, <laughs> oh, for four yeah, weeks.
1: That's fine. That's fine.
0: Uh, it's been lovely having you on as, as my co-host. Oh, thanks man. I've had a good time. Um, I hope the fans, the fans like you. Um, uh,
1: of course they will. If
0: you like Tom, tweet me and say, at Joe Brennan, I like Tom. and
1: Yeah, and I won't see it, but that's okay.
0: I'll send him all the mean things you say about him and <laughs> block anyone who says positive things about him. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right, we will see you soon. Thank you very much for diving into why, and I'll see you next time. Love you lots. Oh, that's good. Love you lots.
1: Mm.